millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You only get one chance to make a good first impression. That's the saying, right? Well, these pro wrestlers did, but that initial bow in front of fresh eyes ended up being the apex of their entire runs in WWE, AEW, and WCW. So let's dive in, folks. I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 wrestlers who peaked in their first match. Number 10, Fandango. The dancing gimmicks raw after WrestleMania 29 experience was bizarre. Fans in attendance belted out his catchy theme tune, and the song even charted in the UK for a period. What's more, Dango had beaten none other than Chris Jericho on WWE's grandest stage. He'd never top that, of course. The only way was south for Vince McMahon's new ballroom dancer, chiefly because the boss and his creative sorts didn't really have any follow-up plan in mind. Now they just had Jericho put Fandango over, then realized that the hokey gimmick, like most OTT characters, had a definite shelf life. Fandango continued showing potential in ring, but Mania 29 was very much the peak of his entire WWE run. At least he'd earned critical praise for his work alongside Tyler Breeze, though. My oh my, those fashion foul skits were a giggle, eh? Do you have an underrated dango match you want to scream, shout, and shake your hips about? Well, do so in the comments down below, my friends. Number 9, Bam Bam Bigelow. Mobile powerhouse Bam Bam Bigelow traded ECW's bouncing payoffs for WCW stability. Not a word most use when talking about Hot Lanta in late 1998. And he was rewarded by being thrust straight into a feud versus Goldberg. But that spotlight would fade relatively quickly. Bama actually went to a spirited non-finish with Goldberg on the 7th of December 1998. But that was as good as it'd get in WCW for him. Sure, the company did book him opposite Bill again months later at Super Brawl 9, but it was obvious to everyone watching that Bigelow wouldn't be a main eventer. Post-brawl with Goldberg, he started sliding down the pecking order towards literal garbage matches on the undercard. Number 8, Keith Lee. Man, it all started with a bang, didn't it? Keith Lee debuted amidst much fanfare on the 9th of February 2022 edition of AEW Dynamite. That squash match win over Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy would prove to be a false dawn, though, for Lee, sadly. Like many All Elite incomers, he found it difficult to jostle for house room on an increasingly busy roster, and Tony Khan shunted him sideways to the tag team division pronto. Lee has formed tags with both Swerve Strickland and Dustin Rhodes since, and those duos have been stricken with some of the lamest names in doubles history too. Swerve in our glory, naturally limitless. Such crummy names perhaps sum up Keith's fortune in AEW thus far. That Cassidy squash already feels like a lifetime ago. Number 7. Dr. Death, Steve Williams 
Dr. Death wasn't a hit in Federation circles. No, your eyes are not deceiving you when looking at the images currently on screen. Yes, the dreaded Brawl for All was William's apex in the Fed. He beat Pierre on the 14th of July 1998 edition of Raw. This objectively awful introduction proved to be the highlight of Death's entire run in the promotion. He'd go on to lose to eventual tawny winner Bart Gunn on the 27th of July episode. And that was a wrap on Steve's chances of ever standing across the ring from Stone Cold. If only someone had suggested that maybe booking a dude you've got plans for in a shoot fighting tournament wasn't smart, eh? Number 6. Pat McAfee Say it ain't so, yep, critically acclaimed former SmackDown color commentator and Shinsuke Nakamura cheerleader Pat McAfee gets a spot on this list. He's had six matches in WWE, but it's the very first one that deserves your attention the most. Pat would never better that NXT TakeOver 30 scrap. Adam Cole showed his in-ring prowess by layering the bout with some huge but deceptively straightforward spots that made McAfee look like a super worker. Of course, Pat had to meet Cole halfway and hold up his end of the bargain. The future announcer certainly did that, and he deserves a ton of praise for nailing his in-ring debut. Future bouts, including a War Games brawl in NXT, wouldn't show off the best of McAfee. The least said about bog-standard showings versus Baron Corbin, Austin Theory, The Miz, and even Vince McMahon, the better too. None of those came close to matching what he initially achieved with Cole, baby. Number 5. Bret Hart Incoming obvious statement alert, Bret Hart was downright miserable in WCW and seldom seemed at ease in the company. Introducing him as a special ref for Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zbysko was frankly stupid, and you can probably count the number of memorable moments for Bret in Atlanta on one hand. Sold out 1998 was one of them. WCW handpicked Ric Flair as the ideal first opponent for Hart, and that was a shrewd call. Despite rarely seeing eye to eye outside of it, Bret and Ric had more in common inside the ring than even they'd freely admit. The result was a worthy addition to the pay-per-view lineup, and a fine start in WCW rings for the Hitman. How many good to great matches did he have for the promotion after that? A handful at most. Anyone hoping to see Hart put on clinic after clinic in WCW would be teased by the flare-bout, but it was the peak of Brett's post-Montreal stint. Number 4. Shinsuke Nakamura This might be a fairly controversial one, but Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver Dallas back in April 2016 remains the only time WWE fans have witnessed the Shin who tore up New Japan rings on the regular. Other bouts like those versus AJ Styles and Gunter have only offered fleeting moments of Magic. Meanwhile, the Sami debut showing was a tour de force. Looking back on those old TakeOver specials is a real treat nowadays, and they honestly show how far NXT has fallen. Shinsuke played a part in that rise, and it was obvious to everyone watching that WWE had something special on their hands if they just let Nax Wrestling do the talking. Unfortunately, attempts to give him more personality on the main roster flopped, and Shinsuke eventually settled into a WWE comfort zone he struggled to get back out of, and he's just never come close to matching that masterful NXT debut clash with Zayn. Number 3. Ronda Rousey Teaming with Kurt Angle against both Triple H and Stephanie McMahon was the perfect intro to WWE life for Ronda Rousey. Anticipation for Rousey's in-ring debut was off the charts, but Creative smartly protected her by booking a tag that had let Ronda pick her spot and rest up in between. What a showing it was! The wrestling world watched bright lights cascade down at WrestleMania 34, as Trip, Stephanie and Kurt did everything in their power to make Rousey look like the most dangerous fighter on the planet. Like others here, she'd never top that first impression though. Rousey has worked good matches here or there, 
sure, but none of them were as well laid out or executed as flawlessly as Mania 34's tag bout. The place went bonkers when she took Hunter down and stretched Steph during the finish, and rightly so. Number 2, Taz. It really sucks to put Taz here, because any old school ECW mark could tell you he should have been more in the WWF. The human suplex machine probably signed for the promotion in the wrong era. Still, Taz's Royal Rumble 2000 debut was a scorcher. Then rookie Kurt Angle bumped like a madman for the debutante, so much so that WWF management worried some of Taz's suplexes looked a bit reckless. That had come back to bite him hard, which seems totally unfair considering some of the dangerous crap others in the company had been doing at the time. If only he'd been leaping off high structures, eh? As a wrestler, Taz's WWF slash WWE career would never be better than it was on the 23rd of January 2000. He looked like the man by demolishing an unbeaten Olympian, and Madison Square Garden greeted his arrival with a pop that must have initially made Vince McMahon see dollar signs spinning. Number 1. Dustin Rhodes This battle of brothers will go down in history as one of the greatest AEW matches ever. It was bloody, passionately worked, and excellent from start to finish. The whole thing was a spectacle, and a clear example of what's possible when older workers back themselves for more. Dustin was going nowhere in WWE, and hadn't really been doing much of note for years. Then suddenly he was on AEW's first pay-per-view working a show stealer versus his sibling. Rhodes hasn't really been expected to, admittedly, but he hasn't topped the majesty of Double or Nothing 2019 since. Most of his bouts are functional, whereas the match with Cody was truly special. It's must-see if you were living under a rock in May 2019 and missed out live, and if you've already witnessed the magic unfold before, it never hurts to revisit a classic. And that's our list, know any other wrestlers who peaked in their first match? Let us know all about them in the comment section right down below, and don't forget to like, share, and click on that subscribe button while you're down there. Also, if you like this sort of stuff, then please head on over to whatculture.com and find some more fantastic articles just like the one this video you're watching right now is based on. I've been the peaked long ago Gareth from What Culture Wrestling. Cheers for taking in this particular wrestling list today. Head on over to the channel for more wrestling goodness and have the best of days wherever you are on this spinning ball of madness. Farewell! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.